afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Arts Men Wednesdays. I am one third of your hosts, Tom Denham, and I'm joined by Dem and Ben and uh, Tom. I got to be honest, I'm really, really thrilled with you because I thought I don't think uh, he's come up with this intro that he told me he was going to do, but here it is. We're hearing it right now. Nevertheless, welcome to Arts Men, and we hope you enjoy your stay. We hope you're comfortably sitting by whatever you're sitting by because it's going to be a hooted and tangle of a time. Yeah, it's, it's going to be really good. i got to be honest, I haven't been this relaxed in the longest time because I've got a week off, baby. It's going to be good. That's pretty relaxed. No like, you're always really tense and I'm quite worried yeah. about you, so I'm yeah, glad okay. you're relaxed. Yeah, right, right, yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm curious, guys, like, what is art spinning? Uh, we break down... All things art. We talk a bit of theatre. We talk about kind of what what we're digging as well, what we're enjoying out there in the world. And definitely we love to interview guests and focus on plenty of festivals happening as well. Indeed. Oh, my goodness. Music's a big one as well. <laughs> as is. is just general creativity, getting a little bit DIY, but festivals 100% fabulous. Yeah, for sure. So uh, l- let's kick off what happened in the previous week. You went to Laneway Festival? Oh, I did indeed. Uh, yes, I went to Laneway on Saturday with a large proportion of the Melbourne public and other people from around the state, apparently, because there were a lot of people coming in and out. Wow. Um, and it was a great time, I have to say. Um, just a great lineup full of wonderful artists. Uh, I saw Charlie XES. Wow. Yeah, huge. Um, didn't really know who she was, I will admit, but then she got on stage and started telling us all to get up and start dancing or she was going to be disappointed. And I was like, oh my goodness, I better get up. And she was playing that song where she's all like, put your stuff into a bag. And I was all like, oh, I will. I will put my stuff into a bag. I'll get Everybody up there. Better right after this. Yeah. Oh, look, I'm glad that because some people go to festivals and they don't stay till the end, right? She would have been near the end. Yeah, she was second last. And then wow. last up was the 1974. And I was just amazed how many people, like, it was really dying down just before she came up. And then all of a sudden she went up and everybody was straight against the, both stages. Like, because both stages are right next to each other, of course. So uh, everybody was on the first stage where she was. And then everybody who didn't fit in front of that stage just jumped next to the other, on the other <laughs> stage. And they yeah. were all just staring at the screen and the empty stage. Um, and we were all just having the greatest time ever. Like, oh, I love that. It's so good. I would 100% recommend going to one of her shows. On Saturday night, I had the weirdest experience too because I saw Charlie XCX, but it was her second show. Ooh. She did an after-hours one at the Night Cat, and it was like I was at Sin. I, I saw Nathan from Sin. I saw Chelsea from Sin. Everyone was there. <laughs> That's so good. I was like, well, what the heck is going on it's here? Party. Yeah, so I went with a few friends. But yeah, she was awesome yeah. and uh, huge energy. And uh, I was thinking, like, it was really weird. The stage was in the middle, and I thought, how on earth is she going to get on? And uh, anyway, security just walked her up. But oh. she stood next to me. Like, she she bumped me on the way up. And I thought, she's not as tall as I thought she'd be. So that was my takeaway from the night. But you literally had a brush with fame there. I, yeah, that's you right. shoulders That's right. Fame. There was, like, a really famous UK artist in me. It was great. Um, what did you get up to? Oh, look, you know, I've been in this mood where I've been uh, really wanting to get back into uh, fostering my own creativity. So I've been whipping out the old fine learners and uh, doing a little bit of sketching and drawing just in public. Like I would sit by a cafe or on the tram and just like go for a little journey and just like draw people like from a distance. And I've kind of developed this small repertoire of... uh, 
what, what do you call them? Like, um, oh, there's a word where it's like a study, character study. That's what I'm looking for. Um, so I've greatly been enjoying doing that and uh, just uh, kind of rekindling with myself and uh, my drawing again. So has there been plenty of inspiration going on? or Definitely. I think like Melbourne especially is full of so many different kinds of people and aesthetically as well i love like just looking at the way people act and uh the way people dress um i think like one of the things i love to do not on a character to a level but i think like when someone has a very definitive feature about them whether it's ears eyes or nose like you can really bring that out in illustration that's something i love to do as well for those listening to Art Smitten with Tom, Ben and Dem, uh, we've got a lot coming up in the next couple of hours. We're going to be uh, Tom Parry from Sin. He's coming down. He's going to be talking all things the Oscars. Can't wait. Parasite. Woo. Did it. Uh, and we're also going to be, we've got an interview coming up in about 20 minutes time. Plenty of music in between. Plenty of talking about art and theatre. It's going to be fun. So here we go. Uh, from Laneway Festival, it is Benny. Super lonely. Right oh. now. Yes. Art Smitten. On sin. Keen as. Hello and welcome back to Art Smitten with Dem, Tom, and Ben. That was what you were just listening to Super Lonely by Benny and Robbery by Lime Cordial. And we're about to jump into a bit of an interview uh, with a friend of mine, in fact, uh, Prathana Kanagaratnam, and she's going to sue me for that name pronunciation. I apologize. <laughs> um, but. Oh, well, I'm excited. Uh, Prath runs a... I call her Prath. Apologies to anyone not realising that. Uh, Prath runs an inst- used to run an Instagram account in Dubai, um, which was... Uh, it followed artists with disability at a art studio in Dubai. I do not have the name of it in front of me, though. Um, yes. That's all good. How are you doing, Pathana? I'm well, I'm well. How are you guys? Yeah, we're, we're doing really well. We're uh, super excited to uh, have you on the line. So likewise, excited to be on. Yeah, so let's just get straight into it. So, Prath, in 2015, you found yourself in a situation where you just finished high school. There was a six-month gap between transitioning to university. How did you make the decision to head over to Dubai and take part in the Mawahab, I'm so sorry, Mawaheb studio? Yeah, so I actually grew up in Dubai. I was born and raised there, so just finished high school. And my mom was teaching yoga at this art studio and didn't really know what to do in that six-month gap. So then she was just like, oh, don't sit at home, just come along with me. And then I was like, oh, fine. Um, and I went along with her and I just started off. I thought I'd just be a normal volunteer, you know, come once or twice a week and help out with the art and then, you know, go home. <laughs> yeah. Um, then I walked in and then the head art teacher, she asked me, she's like, are you an artist? I said, uh, not really. And then she said, that's all right, you can still jump in, you know, that's fine. And then she just went, oh, we need a bit of help with our socials. Can you manage it? You're, you know, 18, you're on Facebook, surely you can help out. And then I said, sure, why not? And then I ended up going there every single day, uh, absolutely loving it. And that's how I really got into the art scene in Dubai and, yeah, working with people with disabilities as well. So being thrown into kind of a new environment in that sense, what feelings did you have early on regarding these teenagers with disabilities? Did they surprise you in a way with their unique artistic talents? Oh, definitely. So they were all um, adults, so they're all above the age of 18 because the issue in 
Dubai is uh, we've got a lot of schools for people with disabilities, but not so much uh, facilities for adults with disabilities. So um, I was thrown into this, and initially my perspective was that I'd be helping them, but really, honestly, they helped me so much. They taught me so much. And it was so interesting to see the unique ways they have of creating beautiful artwork. You know, nothing is conventional with them, and no two days were the same. So it was really amazing to see how passionate they are about their work and how driven and how talented they are. That's fantastic to hear. And now it was something uh, that I was... uh I thought was really lovely to hear is that Mawahab means uh, talent in Arabic, and this is what the studio is named after. Um, one thing I'm really interested in, uh, how has the studio helped these individuals uh, grow and continue to explore their skills? Yeah, so um, so we started with like even really basic things. So we introduced an art teacher in 2015 who started teaching um, the artists about sculpture, and some of the parents of the artists would report back and say, you know, their motor schools were improving and they were becoming a bit more social and things like that, which is obviously incredible to see. And then now you see some of our artists have expanded into bigger careers. There's um, in our, one of the airport terminals in Dubai, there was a huge mural um, that was completely done by one of our artists um, called Abdullah. Um, he's a great doodler, so he created that entire piece. Uh, we've got another artist called Victor, who is deaf, and um, he is being commissioned for some really great artworks now in a hotel as well. His pieces are up, and uh, he managed to study graphic design at a university as well. So it's these sort of opportunities that gives the artist more confidence to be able to really achieve what they want to do and really have those dreams and go for them. So it's great to see them improving both socially and in their you know, developing a career in art, really. Oh, absolutely, Prof. So you were put in charge of the Mahaweb Art Studio Instagram account for a period of time. Was it challenging to only select certain art projects to feature on the Instagram? I imagine there must have been so many great works to choose from. Oh, definitely. And each day um, with the Mahaweb um, artists, there's so many unique styles of art that we wanted to showcase all the time. So it was a bit difficult to choose... A couple, but, you know, we try to rotate through them, try to showcase different stories and um, show, you know, the, the public what we're doing at the studio, which is challenging, but uh, definitely very rewarding when you've got so much to choose from. You're listening to Art Smitten with Ben, Tom and Dem, and we're having a chat with Prathana Kanagaratnam, and we're talking about uh, Mawaheb Studios, which is in Dubai, and it's... It's a, a centre, an art studio, rather, where adults with disabilities will come and they'll just essentially just show off in a way. They'll just do all amazing pieces of art and so forth and it's really great for their skills. So I guess the question that I have, uh, Prathana, is how was the feedback and reception to these Instagram posts that you were putting up? Did any of the comments kind of surprise you a bit? Um, I Yeah, because we... So the place that we were located in is called the Al-Fahidi Historical Neighborhood. And this area is a very, like, touristy area. It shows very traditional Arabic houses as well. So we got a lot of tourists coming in. And then for the tourists to come back and engage with us and say, oh, like, you know, I visited this place a few years ago and I still remember it. It was very uh, touching for me and very surprising as well to see that we're still being recognized and still being remembered. Um, other people with disabilities saying that they get inspired by the work that the artists are doing at Mawahib is always great to see, and even parents of people with disabilities thinking that, oh, my my son or daughter can do this as well, and, you know, they're more confident to 
you, you know, let the child explore art as a more viable career option as well. It's really, really inspiring. And always, there's always something that surprises you every day. Now, something I deeply believe in is that every piece of artwork has a story to tell. Um, when viewing uh, the artwork that um, your clients produce, um, do you get the sense that uh, there's a deeper meaning and definition that alludes to their journey? Oh, definitely. Um, it's it's amazing to see you know people with disabilities and their artwork. Sometimes it looks very simple, but then the emotion and the stories behind it are just so touching and so inspiring. Um, the, the the stories that they tell, uh, they, they say it in the simplest way imaginable, but it's just so impactful. And to see their exhibitions, to see all of their stories coming together, all of their experiences, is just incredible. And some people who express themselves better in art than they do in words, it's just such a great outlet for them to, you know, release what's inside of them and show the world, like, what they're capable of. So... It's just always an incredible experience to see what people have to express themselves. Absolutely. And some of the most talented and beautiful people on the planet have a disability. Is it fair to say we need more studios like Maha... Oh, there I go again. Mahuaheb. And perhaps the exhibitions that uh, highlight their talents to a wider audience. Oh, absolutely. I think Mahuaheb, um, the impact that they've had for their artists and the volunteers has just been indescribable students finding careers students getting you know the confidence from um socializing in an environment where their artwork is praised um in an environment where they're you know the main focus is just and like everything that they have to do is um they can do it the way that they want to do things are they can do artwork in the way that they are most comfortable and i really think their message and their impact has just been so powerful and a real uh, lesson to learn for a lot of studios. Absolutely. As cliche as it sounds to ask, I think it's really important to ask as well, but do you feel like this has been a really life-changing experience for you? Oh, absolutely. Again, yeah, I, I agree. It sounds very cliche, but um, I definitely, my, my perspective changed a lot. As I said before, I thought I came into the role thinking I was going to help them, but eventually they helped me. Uh, more than anything, and um, I think the impact that they've had on their volunteers and anybody who comes in contact with their artwork has just been so powerful. And again, it's something that's just done in the simplest way possible, but the impact of it is just incredible. Well, Prathana, we thank you so much for uh, sharing those insights with us here on Art Smitten, and uh, wish you all the best. Thank you, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. That was Prathana Kanagaratnam talking about Mawaheb Studios in Dubai. And Tom, just unbelievable stuff they've been doing there and them as well. Absolutely. Oh, it's great to hear about. We'll be back ever so shortly here on Art Smitten, but uh, I'll tell you, we're, we're keen for this because the one and only Tom Parry, he had the day off to watch the Oscars and he's going to come in and he's going to give us a nice big rundown. It's coming up soon. But for now, it's a bit of snow. Not it's a bit of snow, it's snow by Dylan Joel. And you're listening to Artsmitten with Tom, Ben and Dem. You just heard Snow by Dylan Joel. You're listening to Artsmitten on scene with Dem, Ben, Tom and yet another Tom. Tom Parry, welcome to the studio. Hello, Tom Dylan. It's very good to be here. It's good to be back in the Artsmitten studios. It's been it's so long. To avoid confusion, uh, yes, both of our names are Toms. Uh, no, we didn't plan this. So uh, for the sake <laughs> of this... Uh, 
time that we spent on there together will go by Parry and Denham, which are our surnames. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the, the initial rule to be able to be interviewed in the studio, you have to have a three-letter name. Yes. Otherwise, we just do it by phone. That's right. <laughs> so, so here we go. Um, you viewed the Oscars the other day. I did indeed. So the Academy Awards is like Christmas for me. I just watch them every year. I take the day off work and it's just me in front of the TV for the next four hours just whooping and cheering at everything I agree with and throwing spoons at everything I don't. So, yeah. H- how, how did they do in that regard then? So in that regard, there were less spoons thrown this year than other years. I mean, last year, of course, Best Picture went to Green Book, and I wasn't particularly happy about that, and neither were a lot of other people. It's behind us now. But it is behind us now because this year's winner, it's like this huge ideological shift in the other direction. We've got Parasite as this year's winner at Best Picture. And I see Ben is very happy about that. Well, I'm just glad it's something a bit different for a change. Mm. You know, they took, in my opinion, the Oscars took a bit of a risk, but it paid off. It was a huge risk, yes, because Parasite is a South Korean movie. It is the first international or foreign movie to win Best Picture. It is also the first Korean movie to win any Oscar in any category. Yeah, that, that's ridiculous because so many people have been saying like the South Korean movie scene is actually super strong. It is. It's really it's, strong. It's now just getting the recognition. And so. it's been strong for many, many years. And it's only with this picture that it's finally caught up, really. I mean, Bong Joon, who's the director, he's done heaps of great stuff in years past. And like even when Parasite was released, it was only two weeks ago it got a release in the United Kingdom. And now that it's won the Oscar, they're expanding that and it's going nationwide. So That's awesome. Yes, it's huge. So, did you hear about the aftermath with his um, interpreter? She blew up and got like all this love and was really popular. Apparently, is, is that true? I had no yeah, idea. Yeah, she's this become happened. like an internet sensation, and then people found out she's a director, and now everyone's saying start a Kickstarter and let's raise money, and she can direct a film. And well, I actually I hadn't heard of the interpreter or even seen her until this very ceremony. I yeah. know she's been directing for Bong all through awards season, but it, yeah, it's only now that I've come to learn of this information. So yes, what were you? What what annoyed you? What, what made you go, why did I stay at home to watch this? <laughs> okay, well, there were a couple of things that really annoyed me. First of all, um, the acting awards, I think they got them all wrong. All wrong, <laughs> oh, I'm wow. sorry to say. So, best actor went to Joaquin Phoenix for Joker. Um, if you were listening to Art Smitten last year, I went on an uber-long rant about this movie, and I absolutely despised it. I agree that the performance is good, but Joaquin was going up against Antonio Banderas in Pain and Glory. That was a phenomenal performance. Adam Driver in Marriage Story. I really wanted that to win, and it didn't. Like, even Leo in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, he was sort of, like, subverting his own career, really. It's sort of like a very... Uh, what's the phrase I'm looking for here? It's sort of, for want of a better term, it was out of character for him. It was unlike mm. anything I'd seen Leo do before, so... Yeah, that was disappointing. And Actress was won by Renee Zellweger for playing Judy Garland in Judy, which is a really ordinary movie. Um, (laughs) Just completely disregarding that. Well, it is. I I love it. It it was released mid-last year. All the critics (laughs) said this movie is really ordinary. Just watch it for the performance. And it turns out that people did. Uh, My choice in that category would have been Saoirse Ronan for Little Women. Yeah, good call. It's beyond time that she got something. Wow, there you go. So um, have you put in your, um, uh, what am I looking for, like your resume to be part of the board? Is, is that is that possible? Well, unfortunately, I don't have the body of work to be considered yet. Oh, and in order damn. to... Yes. In order, That's the key yet, word. Yes. In order to, to become part of the American Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, Sciences, excuse me, you need to be nominated by someone within the industry. 
So they need to put your name forward and then the academy or a committee within the academy says, okay, we accept you or we don't accept you. I mean, Meatloaf is a member of the academy, so there's hope for me yet, I guess. Do you know Meatloaf? Yeah, Meatloaf. Do you know Meatloaf? No, not personally, no. (laughs) I mean, it'd be great if you did. We could send him a letter. It'll be fine. We'll we'll (laughs) say hello, get him on the show. Um, was there anything particularly in this year's Oscars that just made you throw your fist in the air and go, yes, this like feels good? Well, Parasite was definitely one, yeah. especially after what happened last year. But I reckon another one would have been uh, Taika Waititi for Jojo Rabbit. Oh, oh, so true. So he won Best Adapted Screenplay. I did not see this coming at all. So I thought that The Irishman might have taken it out or maybe even Little Women as mm-hmm. well. But no, uh, Taika Waititi won. And he is the first person of Maori descent to take out an Oscar. Fantastic. One mm. thing I thought that was really interesting about um, this film is I went to say I loved it to bits. I love this movie. Mm. But one thing that I really found interesting, it kind of goes on a bit of a, a Wes Anderson stint at the same time. There's yes. a lot of influence from there. But Watiti is still doing his thing, which carries on from Boy and um, from what we do in the shadows and from Hunt for the Water People. So I'm excited to see what he does next. Absolutely. And I think what he's doing next is a sequel to Thor Ragnarok. So he's doing a fourth Thor movie. And he's got another project about a Pacific soccer team as well. Okay. So he's using, or rather, getting together a lot of people he's collaborated with in the past and they're going to tell a story about that. So. Yeah, there's a lot of work coming out of um, his film production company at Tom the moment. upwards for him. Mm. Uh, one interesting talking point was the whole uh, In Memoriam section yes. that they do every single year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Billie Eilish sung the song over that. Uh, look, I have not heard one person say to me, there's not enough Billie Eilish in this world <laughs> at the moment. She's just everywhere. The fact of the matter is, is uh, Luke Perry wasn't featured in it. He was omitted, Which yes. was very strange because apparently he was in a film that was nominated for an award mm. and the Academy came back and said it's a time restriction thing. It is a time restriction thing because they've got to um, keep this ceremony within three and a half hours. The telecast only permits that and they went five minutes over time this year which is less than most years I think I've been watching. But, yeah, it is a bit sad when someone misses it. And this happens every year. Like, there's always the in-memoriam section and they always leave out people either because they aren't a member of the Academy or because they don't deem them to be significant enough to warrant being included in that section. And finally, while we've got you here, is the best moment in Oscars history when Moonlight won the award after La La Land were already up on stage because that was the best thing I've ever seen. For me, it was because La La Land, I mean, it's a good movie, but it's never been particularly one of my favourites. And Moonlight, just for what it does, it really revolutionises the medium in a way. I mean, here we've got this story, a queer story, about an African-American protagonist, and it's not about slavery and it's not particularly about poverty either. It's just this beautifully told uh, movie and, yeah, the Academy said to themselves, you, you know what, this is good. This is, you know, the standard to which all other films should be made, and then some. So, yeah, because La La Land, it was more like a nostalgic trip, whereas Moonlight, mm. really, it's bringing uh, the medium of cinema forward, in a way. it's This is how stories should be told years from now. Had a lot more to say than just like, hey, let's sing and dance. And, that, that's it. Yeah. You know. Exactly. I mean, I'm not dissing La La Land. I think it's a great movie. But uh, yeah, definitely Moonlight, not just for that stuff up, but for the significance of that win. Definitely. 
Before we let you go, is there anything of uh, your own material that you like to plug? Uh, yes, of course. I am part of the Film 101 podcast, which is a SIN podcast. You can listen to that via Omni.fm. It's also on the SIN website. We'll be cooking up a couple of episodes for everybody soon. And, of course, uh, you can hear myself and Denim on Right on Track, which is all about Thomas the Tank Engine. That, that's our very own uh, Tom. Yes. Not to be confused with Tom, who's talking now. Gee, there's a lot of Toms. <laughs> yes. Gets confusing. Two, two Toms, double the fun, double the Thomas the Tank Engine. Yes. And uh, you can catch that weekly. At sin.org.au. At mm. sin.org.au. Yes. So great. Tom, thanks so much for joining us. Well, thank you very much, Ben. Tom Parry. Uh, mm. And uh, yes, indeed, you are listening to Art Smitten with Tom, Ben and Dem. And Tom, you're going to take us through why you love Nancy Shipper so much. I reckon uh, she's one of the emerging artists in Melbourne at the moment. And uh, her latest song, Take Out the Trash, is definitely an earworm. So that's why we're going to play it now. She's you're... from Warnable too, you know. She is, yeah. yeah. yeah regional Victoria, so... Mm. Uh, you're listening to Art Smitten on Sin. Stick around. You're listening to Art Smitten. And welcome back. That was Mamma Mia by Austin Webber and Take Out the Trash by Nancy Shipper, Tom's ship. Um, and, boys, what are we talking about? Um, yes, yeah, so I have something to get off my chest. So, look, I my hair gets a little crazy, so I, I thought I'd get a haircut. The problem was I was really pissed off because... Um, they, I thought they took enough off and they didn't. And it's just really frustrating because it's getting more and more expensive there now. That's cost me just... 27 bucks. It doesn't even look like I'm out of haircut. $27? Yeah, I know. I've got to get a new, I gotta get a new place. Well, but should... I, I don't know what... Well, okay, I'll explain it. Her kids were there, her children, and they're like, is this your last client? Mom, I'm bored. Can we go home? Rah, rah, rah. And I felt really bad. Like, oh, man, they kind of just want to go home. So I said, yeah, that's fine. She goes, is that all right? I went, yeah. And then I went home and went, Damn it, I stuffed that up. But then I couldn't be bothered going back the next day, even though I probably could have. Just get a one. Yeah, I know. I said a two, <laughs> but this is this nah, ain't a two. This two is like two's a, too long. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So anyway. Uh, as a female, yeah. my haircuts are usually upwards of $80. So I, oh, I'm, really? not gonna, I'm not oh, going to sympathise with you there. Ben, we've got it good. No. Yeah, you've got it good. <laughs> that, that's, a little, <laughs> that's a little embarrassing. And you've got to kind of like describe what you want. Like, do you want it round? Do you want it flat? Do you want it curled? Do you want it... And it's like... You guys just have like what one, two, three, four, five, and I can't even remember that. And I start to think like, is there something wrong with my brain? Because I don't remember what number. Um, but twenty seven dollars all of a sudden doesn't sound that expensive. So thank you for that. I'm feeling. I'm already feeling better. <laughs> Every now and then, like I just shave off all my hair to save money. Like I did that. Do you remember I did that last year? Yeah, but wasn't that for the greatest shave? No, 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 no. Like it was around. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't selfless at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was around October. I was just like, you know what? Just sort of flog it. And I just took it all off, and like I could feel the breeze in my head. It was a little weird. Ah. You know, Bob Ross did something like that. He permed his hair so he could save money. So constantly, that's what the fro was in the end, ah. just a money-saving tactic. Maybe yeah. we should perm our hair, Ben. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm not a tight something or other, um, because you, like there's people that wash their hair with detergent, which I think is just completely outrageous. But uh, <laughs> 27 bucks is a little steep for, for what I got. But. I pay 10 yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> his fees are higher. His fees are lower. Anyway, where I was going to go with this is, is there a weird kind of beauty, in the, not about my haircut on my face, because Lord, no. It still looks uh, good, don't uh, m- More so about artwork, and is some actually flawed art beautiful in a way? 100% Let's... agree, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Sweet. Do we have any examples we can kind of throw around the studio and to those driving in their car, coming home from work, got to pick up the kids? I think... Um... 
Vincent van Gogh is a prime example of that. At the time, like, everyone was like, look at this guy. But, like, I think he's really gone down in history as one of the most renowned artists in the world. I would agree, yeah. He definitely, he went with his own flow. And I feel like, well, we don't know how he painted things, do we? But in the in the space of when he was doing it, it feels like everything was with the flow. So mistakes sort of feel like part of the experience in a way. Yeah. There was a um, this. This just shows my art knowledge. I've actually seen some banned album artwork where the people who've created them have been too embarrassed to put their name on it because there's like jagged <laughs> edges on people's elbows and stuff like that. I kind of like it though because perfect, in my opinion, is a bit boring. Yeah, there are those. Uh, there's a, an artist I cannot think of the name of right now. He always hides the hands of people in his paintings. So Tom, Tom, do you know that? I think I know the artist you're talking about, but I can't remember their name for the life of me. Fantastic, but no, like that kind of stuff. There's also uh, a comic book artist I know of. He used to do the Deadpool covers, I think, and he couldn't draw feet, but he didn't let it stop him, and he had those triangular, beautiful feet on every cover, and people gave him such nonsense for it. But but people kind of liked it. Yeah, people kind of liked it. Maybe. As, I don't know. As a Capricorn and a perfectionist, like I like constantly throw out drawings going, no, nah, it's not like good enough, but I'm trying to get into the mentality of like, no, nah, I need to embrace the mistakes and make it a part of the artwork. So that's like a, a focus I'm really trying to have whenever I draw stuff now. I 100% agree. I always tag everything with bless this mess when I'm <laughs> online. <laughs> uh, um. For those who like the band Paramore, which I do, but Tom chose this, Hayley Williams is now doing a solo project. I don't know. Did anyone ask for that? But we, we've, we've got it. It's coming. And uh, this is the first track off it. It's called Cinnamon. And Tom, have you heard this? What do you think of it? It is sneakishly good. Wow. Sneakerlish. Yeah, you know, You know what's weird as well? It's actually written by the other members of Paramore as well, so shouldn't it be a Paramore record room for discussion? We'll ponder that for three, four minutes and we'll come back and we won't talk about it. We'll talk talk about more Art Smitten. We'll see you again in just a bit. And that was Meet Me on the Roof by Green Day, so boppy, so wonderful, and Cinnamon by Hayley Williams. And these two have been alluding to something for the last five, like three minutes, and it's mm. driving me mad. Yeah, so, so we've been talking, Dim, um, and we sound like parents. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, in trouble. Yeah, we've been talking about you. No, we, we've been... I said to Tom, wouldn't it be a great opportunity to have, like, a group challenge where we do something fun... Yes, um, and t- Tom, we, we kind of came to the uh, the conclusion that perhaps I, I wanted to do something performance-based, right? Right. And then Tom came up with this golden idea. What if the three of us like hit up a comedy club one night and we all have like a quick, what, four-minute, five-minute stand-up routine? Oh sure. Yeah, and then we... <laughs> we, we I, I, I don't think we'd play it on the air, right? Just in case it's really bad. But we could discuss our thoughts and feedback on how it went. I reckon it's that there's always a. Um, <laughs> I'm a, just a, thinking about <laughs> what you're gonna do, and I'm already laughing. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, keep it together. Good. Uh, there, there's always a bit of a wow factor, like before you go on stage and after you come off stage, like immediately. And I think that's maybe what we may 
like uh, record and show after uh, for listeners at home and on the road because I think that will be fun to listen to. Sure. Um, Dem, how are you feeling about this? Is this a bit much? Well, I'm experiencing moods of yes and moods of no. Let's think about the pros and cons. What, 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 what's, that, uh, what's, what's that song they play on that ad? We're all in this together. <laughs> We'd all be there. Um, well, yeah. You know, like no one's going to... Oh, our listeners will be there too. I love it how you did this on air, so I can't just tell you both to... <laughs> See, we have worked this out. We and, have our ways. And, 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 you, and you can't swear because you're on community radio and that's, we don't like not those words either. Uh, yeah, look, have a think about it. Mm, no. We'll, we'll revisit it next week. 100%. We're not going to lock it in because that's kind of unfair. Yeah. <laughs> but um, Tom, Tom and I, I you wouldn't know this, we were actually a comedy duo for like a brief bit. And, oh. um, we did two shows. <laughs> So I'm very outnumbered. Two's more than one. It is. Uh, um, But yeah, I can't explain like the uh, sense of adrenaline you get when your name gets called out and then you run on stage. It is awesome. Yeah, you're you're like a kid in a a sweet shop. (laughs) I I was. It was really good. And there was a lot of Dr. Pepper. It was awesome. Well, I will say this. I used to do a lot of student theatre. I used to be, I used to act and stuff and I directed a play and produced a play. So I feel like I can rattle off some funnies. So I feel as if... uh, what you're telling us is like you're secretly ready for this. I mean... You shouldn't have told us that. I mean... She's flexing. Because I would have gone, oh, man, this is going to be great. And then, oh, geez, I think she's stolen the show. Oh, well, um, well, we can just sort of uh, push this into the future, me feels. Uh, but, sure. you know, I wouldn't... I would, I, I'm not against it. I think it sounds like fun. And I also think as well, because Melbourne International Comedy Festival is coming up, I reckon this will really get us into uh, the... Pizzazz and wow, battle factor. Yeah, it will. And uh, the really awesome thing here on Artspin, we've actually got a bunch of comedy festival acts um, that are going to be on our show. Absolutely. In, in the coming weeks to promote their stuff and maybe they can give us some tips along the way. And, and on InJoke as well. Yeah. Tune into that. Um, and the, the only tricky thing is going to find a date that we can all do. Um, see, I'm already going ahead in my oh mind my that this You've is happening. Yeah. Okay, Ben, open the diary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I, do you have a diary? Uh, it, it's in my phone. Oh, okay. But, but oh, he's a digital boy. Uh, I'm a digital boy. That's not a song. Is it? <laughs> it sounds like on the Can you make that? Guys, we can yeah, just sure. produce a song. Don't worry about comedy. <laughs> we, we could do that too. We'll go on that, would be, that, that would almost be a little bit too safe, I feel. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, look, we will be back shortly. Tom, we've still got plenty more to talk about. Oh, Dan? plenty. Oh. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm going to be really self-indulgent here. I've been listening to this album non-stop for the last, well, since Friday. It only just came out. But I thought playing metal on this show probably wouldn't be very appropriate. And the reaction I got when I asked... That's all right. Yeah, yeah I, was, sure. I, was, I was blown away. Uh, this is Silosis. <laughs> They're from the UK. Um, Josh Middleton is amazing and he's the best. And enjoy. I hope you like it. It's really cool. It's off their album Cycle of Suffering. But we're not going to suffer. We're going to have fun. We're going to enjoy it. Thank you. Oh, my goodness me. Uh, that was Silosis with I Sever. And look, if I don't get to play one more metal song the rest of the season, I'm happy. I can sleep. <laughs> I can rest. I got it in. So uh, thanks, everyone. Uh, you are listening to Art Smitten with Tom, Dem, and Ben. And uh, look, we're having fun. We're doing well. And we're very, very excited to talk about something that's been on my mind. Is there after-hour events Yes, 
Tom. I, I, absolutely. I, I just threw it <laughs> yeah. you, know? yeah, you just gazed into my eyes and went, um, where's the panic button? That we're all, we're all good. Um, I uh, definitely want to spruik um, an old sizzle pop off a time. Um, so Melbourne Museum hosts this uh, monthly event called Nocturnal. It's an adults-only um, event, but they open up the museum once a month and they turn the place into a whole... Uh, like giant playground that you can go on. I think this is an absolutely fantastical idea if you just want to embrace your inner child and just have some fun and do something in the nighttime in the city. This is a good place. Um, I read a review on this on Time Out and uh, they spoke very highly of it. And is this kind of a activity where you can have a sprite or something like that? I'm sure it is. Absolutely. And that's awesome. Yeah. Um, another thing uh, that I definitely think is worth plugging is um, NGV and their DJ sets that they have um, once a month as well. I think they do it on Fridays and Saturdays um, where they have art viewings of um, galleries that are, um, or exhibitions that are on at the time and they'll have um, just a DJ in the background just doing their thing, which I think is very cool. It sets the mood definitely. So, so they're doing their DJ thing, but then there's... Art everywhere, all over yeah. the walls. Yeah, pretty much. Man, that is cool. And there's definitely some sprites and Dr. Peppers as well. There's. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, are you aware, Dem, of any things that are happening in Melbourne, like after hours, arty kind of activities? Well, I was going to say the same thing as Tom, but I was looking to see if... Oh, my microphone was off. Hi, folks. Hi. How are you going? <laughs> yeah, I'll, t- I'll tell you, I don't know who is operating this panel, but I'm going to be having a big word with him. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah. mean, gosh. Big words like contemplation and anti-disestablishmentarianism. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back. Hello. No, I was just saying I was going to have the same... I'm going to make the same comments as Tom did, uh, but I was just looking to see, because I am Tasmanian, as you two may or may not know. No, I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, you revealed that last week, and I went. Oh, did I? Oh, wow, that's what cool. Twist. There was this big reveal. We <laughs> thought it was all really good. <laughs> they whipped back a curtain, and I was like, "Da da, I'm Tasmanian." Um, but no, I was looking to see because I know that Mona expanded over to Melbourne. Uh, I don't know how long ago, but I was looking to see if they had any night events because they do all sorts of night yeah. events in Tasmania, and I cannot find anything. Really. Um, Oh, well, it says functions. No, it's spaces. Might Never have mind. to, um, you know, send him an email and go, hey, look, here's the problem. I yeah. can only attend at night and we're trying to plug you, but you're not working for us. Um, so get better. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing that I definitely has resurged and revitalised the nighttime Melbourne after dark scene is White Night, which happens in August every year. Um, but so many artists get together and do light shows and so many places are open. I think this is a really good opportunity. Like, don't be scared away from the crowds. I think that's definitely not something to be afraid of, but I definitely reckon it's a good way to see lots of art in the city. Um, They definitely did get better with uh, White Night um, because it was one day. Mm. And it was just ridiculous. We hung out once, didn't we? Yeah, five years ago. Yeah, geez, that's right. That was the last time we hung out. <laughs> yeah. No, um, uh, yeah. What do you call this? <laughs> yeah, but I, I think the government realised, hang on, this is just ridiculous. Like, there's too many people coming in. So mm. now it's over three days, isn't it? It is, yeah. Yeah, so, so yeah. definitely check Thursday, it out. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah, and uh, when it, has it already happened? No, it's in August. Wow, sweet. We're still in February. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, thanks, Tom. The year has just started. Yeah, I, I heard that song and I don't know where I am. <laughs> His head's spinning. He's on the ground. It is. Um, we, we've definitely got a lot more to chat about soon. We're going to be talking all things public art.
because, I mean, some of the best art is on the streets, on the it streets is. of Melbourne. Yeah. It's free to view. It might cost you to own it, but <laughs> it's free to view. And uh, also, should we really compare art over emotional factors or mm. should we just simply look at it as it is? Panic is this track that is by Aubrey Meeker, who is another artist I'm not aware of. So not, not only on Artsmitten do we take you through the latest and greatest in uh, theatre and art and so forth, but we also showcase some brand new music as well. Denim, is it fair to say this is a, a bit of a tune? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> glowing reviews, boys, glowing reviews. <laughs> You're listening to Artsmitten with uh, Ben, Tom and Dem. Here we go, Panic, Aubrey Meeker. Ooh, if you like that track, well, we're going to be playing it ever so soon. That's uh, that's Chitra with Leaving, which uh, I'll tell you, I've, I've got my eye on her music because I'm really loving it. You're listening to Art Smitten. Tom's here, which is really cool. Hello. And uh, Dem's here, which is great as well. Hi. And uh, unfortunately, you know, every show has to have someone that kind of drags it down. That's me. My name's Ben. I thought that was my job. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, okay. Maybe we like share roles week to week. Yeah. Um. Uh, Dem, you said that you had something on your mind regarding our last conversation about after-hours art shows. I completely spaced and forgot about the theatre scene in Melbourne. Like you've always, like everybody's gone down Nicholson Street or even like like Elizabeth Street, Swanson Street, and just seen masses of people coming to and from a a theatrical performance of some description. Mm. Uh, Like Cursed Child at the moment, you can see that giant big, like, mess of twigs on top of... Is it the Princess Theatre? Have you seen it? No, no. I'm trying to get my sister up here to come and see it. I've seen part one and, like... Oh, you haven't seen part two yet? See, the the whole reason why I only saw one part, because it was a a two-and-a-half-hour show on its own, part one. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I thought to myself, I really want to soak this up and enjoy this, and I feel like if I'm going to see almost a five-hour show... I'm just going to be windswept by, like, what I'm going to see. So, like, I feel like the interlude in between has, like, got me excited enough to, like, see part two. But, like, that first part alone just, like, had me breathless, like, for, like... A, a good while. That's actually been the concern. You've been that breathless that you, <laughs> you haven't gotten out of the hospital <laughs> since it happened. So, yeah. I'm but, able but, to view but, it. But, yeah, I won't say anything, but it is... Oh, I've read the oh, book. Yeah. I read oh, the you book have? version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I yeah. got to the, I got three quarters of the way through it, and then didn't read the last chapter for actually a very similar reason. That yeah. I was like, I actually want to see this if it ever comes to Australia, and then it did, and it's been here, and I haven't done anything about it. How amazing! Yeah, but just remember, it, it, it's on a timer, isn't it? So you'll miss it if. But how? Mm. Oh, is it here for the rest of the year? It's here for like four years. You're kidding. No. Is that legit? Yeah. Oh, I don't even have to worry about that. <laughs> so in oh, four Tom, years' I... time, you'll see part two. That <laughs> is awesome. Like that. I love that. Um, what I think is really interesting, when you look at script to stage, is when I read the script book for the first time, I read it completely differently to how I thought it would be conceived on stage. Did you have the same thing? I did. I felt like most of the characters were quite, I don't know, well, two-dimensional. Maybe it was the page they That's were That's what I thought, um, yeah. Yeah, and then I've seen all sorts of, uh, I've seen little snippets from it online and like of the actual show, and I've sort of, I don't know, I feel like things are a little bit more magical in person. Yeah, if you're a fan of Hazapee, definitely sneak on down to Princess Theatre because you're going to have a wizard of a time. Oh, so many so many magical puns. <laughs> 
Do you reckon we might get the opportunity to all go to a theatre show? I reckon. Oh, surely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If we don't do a comedy performance. It, it's got to be a shared experience. <laughs> what if we did them on the same night? <laughs> no, they'd be, what, a big 15, night. Yeah, it'd yeah. be a massive night. Um, art, it's emotional. One question I have for you, Ben. If you want to see a show, like, what? would you look out for? Like, what show sells it to you? Like, we've talked a lot about Harry Potter. Um, you know, weirdly, when I go to a theatre show, I'm usually in America when I'm in there each year, like late March, early April, but I always see stuff that is just not me. Mm. Uh, last year I saw Sweat in Chicago, which was about racism in the 1960s, and it was like family drama and all this and that, and I, I loved it. I walked out a little bit moved, dare I say. <laughs> uh, yeah, I actually like stuff that's not really in my normal... Sphere. Yes, correct. I was trying to think of some intellectual <laughs> word. Yeah, I don't know. Something that makes me think. Mm. Something a bit thought provoking. Um, but then I saw Charlie in the Chocolate Factory, and I didn't learn a lot. But I also <laughs> thought, well, gee, it's colourful and it's pretty. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I would much rather something that challenges me a little bit mm. and keeps me guessing. Definitely. I always thought Charlie in the Chocolate Factory was quite challenging. I mean, don't eat uh, blueberry-flavoured bubble gum. Well, well, the most challenging thing about it was trying to keep this one in his seat. When uh, I was watching it next to him, he was ready to jump on stage. He was even wearing this long pink coat. It was, it, it, it was brilliant. Um, but, yeah, uh, challenging art is good art, I think. Yeah. Mm. I think so. Definitely. Leaving is this brand new track by Chitra. Uh, if you haven't heard of her, look, that's fine. We all make mistakes. But um, I'm, I'm here to make sure that now you know who she is. And uh, here on Artsmint, we have plenty more to talk about as we are going all the way through to six here today. Trust you well. Hope you're good. And uh, enjoy this track. We'll be back ever so soon right here on Artsmitten on Sin. Oh, my days. Uh, Walking in the Air by Aurora. And before that, what did we have, Ben? Uh, before that, we played a bit of Aubrey Mika with her track Panic. Another sizzle pop of a time. Yeah. You know what was uh, crazy? On Saturday night, I did mention I went to one concert. I actually went to two, which I never do. Uh, went to this deluxe bar in good old Mooney Ponds. And I got warned that it was a little small. It was small. It was really small. I was cramped. Did you have to breathe in? Almost. Yeah. You know, you know how you said you were breathless? I was gasping for air the whole <laughs> night. And what was really, uh, firstly, uh, the reason I bring this up, you walk in, it's, it's got this really lovely oriental aesthetic that I really dug. It was very like Japanesey looking. Why am I whispering? It was it was very <laughs> it was very Japanesey. It was it was really nice. It's, it's an intimate moment. It in was small places. It was it was meant to be an intimate moment. The problem was the stage was too low, and for whatever reason, a lot of people who play in hardcore bands aren't overly tall. And I don't know why it is. I'm trying to work it out. <laughs> so when you go, <laughs> maybe I need to go there. Can you please? Because yeah, sure. at least I'll be able to see you. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Hi, Ben. Hey, Tom. <laughs> Sounded pretty ordinary, but keep it up. Thanks. Uh, so anyway, uh, it, it got me thinking about how, you know, lovely the artwork was in that. And afterwards, I actually bumped into a lot of interesting street artists, as you do. Mm. And it made me think, is public art really starting to... Uh, to kind of come to the forefront in a way. I mean, it is free and you get to see it created on the spot. Absolutely. I think the more, especially in central CBD area of Melbourne, I think there's more people doing stuff, which sounds very general, but I think public art comes in so many different forms and having studied public art as well, I think public art is literally art that is made in public. But I think... 
Um, there, there's so so many ways of doing that. I think, like, even if it's just like a small ornate piece of paper that you're filling in art on, it, it kind of gives you this invitation to kind of like see what's going on. And I kind of like that intimate uh, vibe that you were describing there. I very uh, much feel this here as well. But then again, there's some beautiful like um, oil pastel stuff that's done on like massive large scale. Um, which you can see definitely on Elizabeth or Swanson Street as well. Um, I definitely think it's coming back and it definitely tantalises me. Yeah. No, I would agree with that 100%. Definitely even just busking is massive. Like some of the biggest artists today uh, started with busking. Like I remember Tones and I, when we were at Laneway, was talking about how when she started busking on the street, she had this specific song. I can't remember what it was called, but she said it was one of the things that really, I suppose communicated the the soulful energy she was trying to get past to completely like I don't know that's probably the worst way of describing what she was trying to get across but it was this song uh about uh, I was like her friend really liked this quite doofy song and she loved the baseline of it and she was like let's bring it to people in my own way and she wrote this song and it was her way of connecting with her friend while she was away but also with people around her and I think that's a really great thing about street art in that way because mm. people are so close by that they can they can really interact with you, I suppose, but not necessarily physically. I, I don't suppose she could go back to doing street busking now, could she? Is she too popular? Well... That would be really cool, actually. Then again, I think, like, there is a bit of a... A wow factor in that. Like, there I remember is. I was walking down Swanson Street one day and I had a bit of a bump into Catfish and the Bottle Men and I was like, well, these guys, like, they're established and, like, they were just busking on the road and I love that. Wait, really? Yeah. Jeez. Because then Ed Sheeran also uh, hit up Hosea Lane that one time. You he know, did? Yeah, he did too. No, you're yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah, there was like, a lot of people there, and that's a pretty thin alleyway when we're talking Ed Sheeran. <laughs> yeah, again, you're gasping for breath there too, aren't you, I Dan? am. I'm just thinking, man, I'm also confused because we've played musical chairs in the studio here today. I'm thinking like everyone's in different spots. <laughs> it's yeah. weirding me out, man, but we're all good. Uh, yeah, I really like if they can combine art with music as well. I'm always very interested in kind of what music are they playing behind them when they're creating this artwork. Mm. I think... Whenever I create art, and having worked in a shared studio space as well, music really drives what you do, and I think it's definitely something that bleeds into whatever you produce. So, like, I love listening to my electronic stuff if I really need that surge of energy, but I also really like listening to, like, soft, maybe sometimes classical music if I just want to really take the time with my brush stroke to really, like, immerse myself in it. it um, how would the art turn out if you were listening to manic music? Oh, you don't want to know. <laughs> Real experimental stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I some, some trippy stuff right there. Um, we have, uh, we've, we've added some new songs this week, which we're really excited about. And one of the tracks that you're about to hear... Pogo, I want your listening to Art Smitten on Sin. And that was Rex Orange County with Loving Is Easy. And also, I Want by Pogo. What a set of tunes. Oh, man. I'll tell you, what, what an absolute show it's been. I just have to uh, give a quick shout-out to Lockie Harris, who has to be one of the best table tennis players in Melbourne, like hands down. If you watch this guy's technique, it's unbelievable. He's listening to the show and he says, loving it. Thanks, Lockie. Appreciate it. <laughs> Keep on bopping. Glowing reviews. <laughs> so um, it really shows how in the loop I am because um, I was just reminded off-air that Valentine's Day is Friday. 
Oh. So uh, what are we doing on this day? Are we doing anything? I'm just eating crisps. You said you had a date lined up. Yeah, the 14th. Isn't the 14th? Oh, have we got our dates no, right? No, no, I was just making a really bad dad joke. <laughs> I still don't get it. This no, ain't I'm good. It. If you, so, want, if so, you so get so it, feel I, free to call in or you can... Uh, a date is the, the 14th. It's not a person. It's a date. <laughs> oh, we've been got. We've been okay, done. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Done did. So, <laughs> so I tell you, this is the saddest studio. Ever. No, no one's got anything on. Are no. you serious? I'm a little bit intentional. I don't think you need to have something. No, no. Of course, of, of, of course you don't. Of course you don't. No, it's I'm all just. About, I think pe- more people should worry about like maybe just having a having a fun like, time, brunch with a friend, coffee with a pal. True. Yeah. Well, I'm going to Perth to see Tool because I couldn't get <laughs> tickets to Melbourne, and I got. Standing tickets in Perth, and then I got tickets to Melbourne, and now I'm kind of wondering why I'm going. That would be Perth. great. I'm really Perth. excited. I've never been to Perth, so you can go west, go oh, west, man. go oh, west. Uh, yeah, there's going to be heaps of sightseeing. Um, it's really, really sunny, so have to uh, dust off the hat. old hat. Yes. Put on your sunscreen, which oh. you failed to do on the weekend. I do. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Not happy with you. Geometric patterns on my back currently from sun. Yeah, I, I call them like battle scars. <laughs> Festival battle scars. Yeah. But yeah, it's a good reminder. Um, sunscreen. Yes. Uh, so that's me. Well, uh, I haven't actually planned anything yet. I have some I have some work to do with one of my organ- student organisations I work with. Uh, yeah, we're, I'm dropping a, a post on our, on our socials, hopefully orientated around um, oh, Valentine's Day and everything like that. It's coming into O-Week at the moment for some residential communities. So we were going to drop something along those lines, hopefully being all like, welcome to your new community. It's in a bit of a, it's in a bit of a working phase. I feel like I'm giving away a lot. Nobody knows what I'm talking about. I felt so welcome. I know exactly what you're talking about (laughs) because like, I work in a college as well when like they're starting to come back and it's O-Week and the O-Week leaders have come as well. Yes. And it's just so, I think it's so nice to just be like, well, you're about to make a million friends. Let's look at it like that. Mm. And, and your blood type is O positive? No, that's my dad's. <laughs> uh, look, you know, I, I went for the chance. It didn't work. Um, no, I'm A positive. We, we live and we learn you're A positive. Yeah. You're an A plus to me. Oh. Um, also, what, what else are we going to say? Uh, the fact that uh, we do have a King Gizzard song lined up ever so soon. Oh, yes, it um, is. But yeah, the, on this point, I, I feel like Valentine's Day is kind of a... I don't think people take it seriously, do they? Is it even a thing? I, I feel like it's a bit of a cash grab. I feel like it's, a, it's an opportunity for big corporate... Businesses to go, hey, you need to treat your lover. Yeah, okay. Give her a slab of this. Well, <laughs> <laughs> those uh, Valentines that have come out from certain uh, companies and such, they're quite fun. I noticed Cartoon Network dropped some really nice ones, which is with mm, their really? cute characters being all like, you're the one for me, those kind of cute things. <laughs> yeah. You choose, choose me. Yeah. <laughs> has, um, has that soft drink brand that's really popular, have they uh, done anything? They always do stuff, they, don't they? They should, yeah. yeah. You know what I'm doing? I'm at work and I'm going to bang on the pots and pans, but the other thing I'm going to do <laughs> is um, in the kitchen, because it's a, like a cafeteria set up, like people come in and grab their meals and we play music. So one thing I'm going to do is set up a, a Valentine's Day playlist and play all the Stevie Wonder. Oh, man. That'd, every, that'd be nice. Every love is in the air. And then you wonder why the whole kitchen's crying. <laughs> Probably not. I'm sure they've got partners and stuff. Yeah, there's people who are married there. Oh, I'm wonderful. Not, but... No, but that's all right. <laughs> yeah. You know, someone has to fill that role. So 
that's all fine. Uh, if you if you absolutely love your Australian music, just love it, indie, rap, alternative. That word urban has been kind of scratched out of the dictionary recently. That's a conversation mm. for another time. Uh, Especially Keith Urban. I think he still sells out Vegas and stuff like that. My mum listens to him, so I can't listen to him anymore. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, sad. See yeah. that? Oh, <laughs> uh, the, 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 the hoist has you covered at six o'clock. They go all the way through to eight o'clock, which is coming up ever so shortly, six. And uh, yeah, they'll be playing you the best new music of the week. So we trust you enjoy it. For now, it is Organ Farmer by King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. You're listening to Sin. Let's go. Oh, yeah. That was Organ Farmer by King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. What a... A song. Well, I do ask, have the boys from Brunswick been listening to a bit of Slayer? I was hearing some real 1980s thrash metal there. Yeah, and, uh... yeah. I, one of the things I think is great about King Gears is that like, they throw every single kind of genre at you. And I think that is definitely an example of that. Now, we were just chatting off air before, and Ben was telling me about a really interesting... Uh, time than he had reflecting about art. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've been having these really weird reoccurring dreams lately, just with a, a bunch of eyes. And then Tom comes into the studio today and the shirt he's wearing is nothing but eyeballs. And it's been really, really strange. I mean, eyes can see things. Mm. Some people can see better than others. Actually, that's another... I'm going to tie this into... So Dem Host Player One. I do, yes. This is really strange. Mm. I don't know if I'm on the wrong track with this. Right. My mates that play heavy, heavy hours of video games yes. all have glasses. Oh, and you're referring to the fact that I also have glasses. What are you trying to say <laughs> here, are you Ben? <laughs> not, not at all where I was going, but I can see how you got to that point. Um, trying to throw it in my face, but not quite. Good try. Uh, yeah, I just find it really weird, right? Because I used to play... Um, I, I do play a lot of games, not so much recently. It's just been busy times. But uh, I notice that they play on the PC a mm. lot, right? So they're close to the screen. Mm. But I play from the back of the couch. From the back of, behind the couch. Yeah, well, it's a few, meter, it's a few meters away, a nice big... <laughs> it's a like, scary game. Yeah. <laughs> a, a nice big 55-inch screen or so forth. Is there anything to this? Are our eyes, like on Tom's shirt, <laughs> getting wrecked? from viewing art at too close of a distance. Well, the eyes on my shirt are red, so I think that's a bad thing. I don't know. You might mean to get those checked. That, that's yeah, from okay. all the overnighters you've had watching Doctor Who. <laughs> it is. <laughs> um, well, I don't know. Well, my eyes didn't start getting really bad till I hit year 12. And then, well, actually, that's not true. I was noticing stuff all through high school, but never really got that bad until all of a sudden I'm looking at lectures and they're like several like a couple of metres away from my face. How'd that feel? Uh, I felt blind. <laughs> yeah. Cool. It's the difference between watching a video in 480p compared to 1080p. I like to Well, I okay, simply yeah. can't do that. No. 480 no, is 480. just so exactly. 2000. That's worse than 360. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, it's. It, I, I wonder, Yeah, if I was clever, we would have had an optometrist on the, free, on the line to uh, answer... Well, I put the Tom in optometrist, so I'm glad to be here. No, I'm not really. Tom, Tom um, can you uh, kind of chime in on this? Have you been having any issues with your... Your eyes are never an issue, are they? My eyes are fit as fiddles. Yeah. I can see as clear as light of day. It's as clear as mud. That's good, because the, the first thing that'll go for me will be ears. The ears, ear- you think? Oh, yeah. 
I can already hear mine ringing. I get very bad ear ringing. Tinnitus? Oh, yeah. Interesting. Mm. Also, I get it confused with the foot one, which is tinnitus. Oh, shoot. Did I get it wrong? I don't know. Okay. Fact check. Some research (laughs) for after the show. Uh, We're going to go to a song now. And, uh, I mean, it's a good one. It's so good that Dem is going to introduce us. I am indeed. It is Gelatin Mode by Post Animal. And you are listening to Art Smitten. That was Gelatin Mode by Post Animal. You're listening to Art Smitten here on Sin. And sadly, but fortunately, it is time for us to depart and hand over the flaming baton to those on the hoist. We have Alice and Emmy here on on the hoist tonight, and they're going to be uh, doing two uh, interviews with Four Dante and Forever Enter, plus they're going to be plugging heaps of sneaky little boppery doos. Um, but we've had a cracker show here today, haven't we, guys? Oh, it's been full of big things. It's been crazy. We've been talking about eyes and uh, public art and all this kind of fun stuff. We spoke about the Oscars as well. Yes, we did. Yeah. Tom Perry came in to uh, talk about the Oscars, and we also had Paranth... I did. I was doing so well earlier. Prathana. Yes, uh, Kana Garatnam also to uh, chat about her experience in Dubai with a fantastic studio over there and the work they did with uh, adults with disabilities and their amazing talents. So we very much look forward to seeing you again next week from four to six. It's been a great show, and if you want to. Uh, Stick around and find out about us. You can jump onto social media. Find us at Artsman on Facebook, Instagram, and on all your favourite streaming services. Until now, or until then, rather, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll see you again. And uh, let's bring on this Australian music. The hoist, it begins ever so shortly. <laughs> <laughs>